Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a ministry of Bible to School. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 117. Did you know that only 1% of Gen Z has a biblical worldview? So it came as no surprise then that we recently discovered the number one question Christian parents ask is, how can I best protect my child from harmful cultural elements while still keeping them in the public school system? So today, Corey and Lee are going to shift the paradigm from how can we protect to how can we prepare our children to stand firm in their faith, know the rights they have in their schools, and then how the adults in their life can support them. As shown by the statistic quoted, it's clear that this topic is important. And we also know it can be super controversial. So would you just take a moment and share this episode with your friends to keep the conversation going and to help spread the word about Bible to School? You see, the awesome thing about Bible to School is it's yet another way for students to be encouraged in their faith during their public school day. If you haven't heard of this program, or if you'd like to learn a little more, go check out our website at bible2school.com. That's bible, the number two, school.com. Are you ready to learn how to prepare your kids to walk in truth at school, no matter what culture is pushing? Join Corey and Lee's conversation now. Well, Corey, welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Great to be here, Lee, and talk about important things with you for our listeners. It's so good, Corey. And you've had some really exciting open doors lately to share about not only the ministry of Bible to School, but really your passion about sharing the gospel in public schools. I mean, just like the doors are mind-blowing that are opening to you and Bible to School. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we actually, our Bible school has hit the 100 classes mark this year, this fall. And we also are now in three states, Pennsylvania, Idaho, and Tennessee. Uh, A lot of those are starting in January. We are really excited. They're prepping and they're training. We have other states, including Hawaii, that are are talking to us and want to have a program in their schools. So parents are really getting it that they have a right to have their kids talk about God in school and learn about God legally, of course, because so we do it off-site. But they asked me this one question, and one of the great opportunities we have had, Lee, is that the Washington Times had asked me to do some columns for them, and they came and told me that there was a, a listener of theirs that had this question, and that's the topic that we're going to talk about today, because it is the question that parents have that send their kids to public school. And this is what they said. I'm going to read it. It says, my children are currently in the public school system. Homeschooling isn't currently financially viable for my family. How can I best protect my child from harmful cultural elements while still keeping them in the public system? Boy, that is the question. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, as I worked with Moms in Prayer, that is the question that drove moms to pray. 
I mean, like that is one of the key reasons why parents get involved in the moms and prayer ministry. But mm-hmm. in this question, like it feels like to some extent, parents are almost antagonistic towards the public school system. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. What do you think about the way that we view public school? Well, there's no doubt that there's lots of cultural elements coming into the public school. This mom or this parent had a really good question. Things are coming into the school younger and younger. How do we protect our child from that? And the public school, there's so many awesome public school administrators and teachers. We work with many of them. And the system does have stuff creep into it, but it's kind of like life. Like if darkness is out there, it's going to creep into it and everything our kids are in. It's just a little more intense now. But like we said, the light uh, is, is light is, is brightest in the darkness. So that's why we're so excited because we are light in public schools and we are, and, and the, the word of God rings true and, and that, that people are looking for that truth and we can bring it to them and our kids can bring it to them. And they can still walk in truth, even though they're in, they might be, uh, have some, you know, like you said, harmful cultural elements. I think of, you know, we're always wanting to protect, protect. And I get that. I mean, we get what helmets when we're riding a bike, right? And we have crossing guards, bright, you know, vests crossing the street, obviously. But we can't keep our kids away from, you know, ideologies that, that question faith. And there's so many in our school even though we, we really, really try to nurture their faith. Parents are out there, especially the ones who are listening and grandparents, they're trying to nurture that as much as possible. But I got a different question, Lee, for, the, for our listeners. What if instead of asking how we can protect our children, what if we shift the paradigm and we ask how we can we prepare our children? Because it's coming at us no matter what. Even if it's not in school, it's with the gaming, it's with their phones, it's with what they hear, pick up on the on the, you know, when we're, when the parents are listening to things and, you know, I'm a Navy wife, a veteran Navy wife. You've heard me say this before. I knew this one Navy SEAL once who told me always play offense, prepare before you get there, always play offense. And so I think the best protection from harmful cultural elements in a nutshell is preparing them for the public school system, preparing them to know they're going to hear things that might not be true and be passed off as true. Mm, I think that's so good. But practically, how do we do that? How do we prepare our kids for what they're going to face in public school? And really, the question underneath here is how how can we take action steps that leave us unafraid, right? Sure. And I would extend this preparing school-age children to not only public school, but private school and homeschooling. Because Things can creep in there too. Even, even though we try to protect, protect, things can creep in. So I would tell you the first and foremost thing is to fill them with God's truth. That is the best, best preparation you could possibly give. Your kids, want to, you want them to be anchored in the word of God. So what do you think? I mean, you pretty much agree with me that parents are the primary disciplers or, or grandparents sometimes if they're living with the grandparents. They are the primary discipler of their children. Am I correct about that? I absolutely agree with you. This is our job. But I think sometimes parents reach this moment of realization that this is our job when we become afraid that it's not somebody else isn't going to do it. And the first place where we may encounter that or 
that our kid may encounter an influence on them that may not be the one that we want is the moment where we realize, oh, this is our wake up call. This is my job. I have to be the one preparing them to bring light into the darkness. So, you know, a lot of us have had our kids in church all growing up and Sunday school teachers are doing this and we're really embracing that thought process. But as our kids get older and the difficulties become more challenging, um, yeah, challenging, difficult. I mean, like we realize, oh gosh, I have to be very involved in this. And I think the filling of truth, well, there's lots of different ways that we can do this, but I wonder how did this work at your house? Well, it, first of all, how we talk. They're listening. They're listening to everything. It's pe- teenagers are listening to everything we say. And just, I, we had talked about this in another podcast, how to every morning talk to them and say, you know what? I love how God made you this way. And then really getting their identity. They're getting their identity from God, not from other things in school. You know, before it used to be just evolution we were worried about. Now, now they're t- attacking your very identity, not just where we came from. Now they're saying, this is who you are. And God has something to say about that. So we're reading those words into the kids in everyday life. As you're like, you know, getting the the breakfast in the morning, running around, getting things going. Hey, you know, I really love the way you really obeyed there and you followed what, I mean, that's what God wants you to do. Honor your parents and you're, you're doing that really well today. So catch them doing good, catch them doing things that God, you know, God's way, which is what the Bible, all the Bible is. The Bible is, is God's story telling how we should live our lives God's way. And that includes Jesus Christ. So that Bible-focused words that's, that actually seep into us, words do matter. But also, you talked about us you know, raising our children in, in church. Many, many people don't are not going to church right now. And even Christians are not you know, they're watching it online. They're going to soccer games. I was that way too. I went to soccer games. And, you know, it's not a, a, a thing that the people are, are putting, valuing at the top anymore. But man, getting kids into a routine with a faith community is really, really important at a church, a youth group, at something like Bible to School. They need to be around other people. So that faith community is important. So, so your everyday words, your everyday people that you're around, but mainly a Bible-focused community, a Bible-focused church that gets them focused on God. Also, those trusted adult mentors that are going to point them to God's truth. These are all everyday things because the, the evolution is coming. If, I mean, they're going to be talking about it. Why not talk to them about creation before that happens? You know, yeah. get, get that truth in there so they can compare and say, hmm, that doesn't quite add up to God's word and get them thinking like that from the get-go. You know, it's always been a challenge for me to figure out what age appropriate things to talk to my kids about. But the truth is, is I kind of want to be the first one to talk about these things with them, not the last one. Several years back, our friend and producer Gina was teaching at my church. We go to separate churches. And she was teaching a lesson to our high schoolers about gender identity. And I thought, this is a great opportunity to take my elementary school girls to hear someone they love and respect and find out where we are in this conversation. So we went and heard Gina give this biblically based, really grounded talk. And as we were driving out, you know, I have these little girls in the car. 
And I said, well, what did you understand today about that lesson that Gina was giving? And my daughters turned to me and said, well, I guess God made me a girl. So I'm going to have to be a girl. And I said, yes, that is exactly right. And then she took a beat, Corey, and she said, so I guess I'm never going to be a cat. (laughs) And I just, I thought that was, I mean, you know, we're laughing about that is so, so funny. The story just like still fills my heart with delight. But in that moment, it helped me recognize exactly where we were in the conversation with her, which was actually a different place than we were in the conversation with the other daughter. But it did help me to go, okay, this is what we're dealing with. She is understanding lordship as well. God is the boss of her and gets to tell her who she is. And so I think it really is just like, I did not want to have a gender identity conversation with my girls at that point. You know, like I just didn't want to introduce thoughts into their life, but we don't have that luxury anymore. A decade later, we're in a totally different spot. I think sometimes it's just, it's great to be the one to introduce the topic rather than to chase and follow up and try and clean up the mess where someone's taught them untruth first. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they're going to be able to recognize it and flag it and then respond, well, isn't that a wonderful thing we can give our kids ahead of time when we know stuff is coming? Now, here's the thing, Lee, not everybody knows it's coming or, you know, they don't, don't know when, like you said, the different ages. So you do have to think about age appropriate things, but hearing them, and I love what you did. You said, yeah, what do you think about that? That's one of the best things you can do when you're trying to bring up topics with kids that you're not sure where they are, because they'll, they'll tell you, and then you don't have to go into much, much detail. You can, you can skim along the top with the younger kids. Definitely. Well, this is kind of where we're headed because first we're going to fill them with God's truth. But the second thing that you say is to provide safe spaces for them to ask their questions, right? Exactly. And that's where that everyday conversations come in and bringing God, you know, God made those trees that are turning different colors, man. God painted those. God made those. When you're talking like that, that might sound simple, but then when you're talking about the really serious stuff, you know, that then they have questions. We're a safe place for them to go. And you that's the one thing you want to be, total goal as a parent, is to be a safe place that where they can ask you or tell you anything. And some of the things kids come up with, they're feeling, they might feel weird to be in a spiritual minority. You know, that they're the only, they think they're the only Christians in the, in the room, you know, that love Jesus. And we know they get confused at being taught an opposite worldview. Like, yeah. you know, hey, you came from apes, you know, that this is where you came from. And so you dive into that because they bring it up and they talk, come to you or even just being different. It's okay to hear things that kids can't be safe. You've got to be a safe. What's it you always say? You say, go ahead and put on your, what, what face is that? I'm not surprised face. I'm not surprised like, face. He looked shocked by the thing that rolls out of their mouth when they're telling us a fraction of what they're hearing, probably, then we need to be a safe place for them to say those things that may surprise us or disappoint us or scare us. It's just time to practice our not surprise face so that they know this is a good place. Yeah, I haven't always done that well. Uh, here's a confession here. I, I'm Irish and I go straight to anger. You know, I'm just like, what happened? What, uh, you know? And even if it's righteous anger, Lee, it kind of shuts them down and they don't want to talk. So yeah, being really um, intentional about your not, I'm not surprised face is really important. And, you know, working through it together when God's word, 
getting them into the habit of going into God's word together. What does God say about that man was made in God's image, male and female? And that's mm. so freeing. You just when my kids heard that, they're like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Because God, you've already built that God is, is truth. God is immovable. God is faithful. He's always there. He created us. And now this is what God says about evolution. And this is what God says about gender or whatever the topic is. So seek God's wisdom together. But you can't do that unless you have that safe place where they're, you're going to, you know, if something gets introduced to them that you haven't prepared them for, that there's, you're a safe place for them to talk about it and process. They need to process it with you and with God. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Are Adam and Eve responsible for sin? According to the Bible, yes, Adam and Eve were responsible for sin entering the world. In Romans 5.12, we read, sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people. Wow. Adam's one action had consequences that impacted humanity for all time. How gracious God is to provide another man, his son, Jesus Christ, who would be blameless and able to take all of our sin as his own so we can again enjoy a relationship with God. Before we got on here, I heard this statistic again. I was listening to a podcast that Gen Z has a 1% biblical worldview. So if our kids are the 1%, they are going to have to have that safe place to hash this out. But the next thing that we know is that they're going to need us to stand right behind them, right? Oh, yeah. I did, my husband and I did practice this with our kids because they, you know, we would say they would live their faith in public school. And I always talk about my my one son who was told Jesus isn't part of this conversation. You can't have that in your homework or whatever. And you can. And so we were willing to go in. My husband and I went into the school and said, hey, this is this is kind of protected by the Constitution. So he can do that. We were kind about it. We kindly educated them. As much as they, they're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm even embarrassed, mom, or whatever. That did show them that hey, we did talk to your teacher. This is the right thing. You did the right thing. And you don't have to be afraid anymore. You can, you can do this. You can talk about your faith in school. And they need to know that you have their back to do that. You don't have to go in every time. You really don't. And my kids aren't always right. So I'm not always in there going, my kids are right and, and you need to, you know, it's not that. It is making sure that they have a safe place there for their faith because that's guaranteed by the constitution. And sometimes the people in authority are mistaken. They're in fear. So you got to help help them dispel the fear that they cuz they don't have the right the right answers either. So Corey, where can parents and those who work with students go to find out about the legal rights that they have? I would recommend going to a, a partner of ours, Alliance Defending Freedom. I would their their website. If you want to know more about release time and having Bible classes during the school hours, uh, you can go to our website, BibleToSchool.com. We'll have those in the show notes for sure. But there are places, uh, people who are experts on this, and we are excited that we can tell the school system that this is true and this is constitutional. We can wear religious jewelry. We can have Jesus or any part of our religion as our homework. We can listen to Christian music if we want 
we, they want to when it's appropriate. They can have Bible verses on Valentine's. I mean, Hallmark has their messaging. That's free speech. You can have John 3.16 on your Valentine. That's your, your daughter's favorite or your son's favorite verse. So all those things you need to know as a parent, and then you'd know how, you know how to stand behind them. I think it's really good for us to be educated, to know how to stand behind them. And part of that is reminding our child that if their rights or they feel like their rights are being violated, that we as parents are willing to go in and have that, you always say, positive confrontations about defending those rights. I remember a time where we felt like our children were treated unfairly based on what they were saying in a classroom. And it wasn't fun. It was a little bit scary to stand up. But when you know that you are in the right, that there's grounds there to do so, it's important that some of us do take that stand to keep those boundary lines out, you know, expanded mm-hmm. so that kids have the opportunity to express the faith that they have been given and have that chance to be a witness. Yeah. And, and stay in their legal lane. The school stays in their legal lane. Uh, your family stays in their legal lane. And then everything's good. Sometimes it gets ramped up. I know there's listeners out there saying, well, you don't know my school system. You don't know how tough it is. Well, guess what? The, the biggest, one of the biggest secrets in America is that school board. That school board is very powerful in what your kids are going to be doing and learning. And so run for school board or, or parent teacher association. Be in, you have influence. You can, you can have influence in your, in your local school. And that school board is big. So we just want you to be a light in the school system. Find out where you can be. And I know a friend of mine just ran for school board and she won with a group. And she said she just wanted to make a difference. And it's not as hard as you think. And so it, it, we just really want to encourage that, that stand behind your kids, either, you know, behind them at home, encouraging them, but also if it is need be, get into the classroom, into school so you can debunk any, any fear or any untruths ab- about religious rights. And then if it's really on your heart and, and you can, really seeing things that you don't really appreciate or think are the right thing to do, or you think you can have some positive influence. You know, run for that school board, run for that PTO president. It's so good. I mean, just being present in the schools, being a friendly face goes a light year when there is a problem that you are not a stranger to them. They know who you are and you've been respectful, kind, courteous and loving towards them in the past. So not every confrontation has to be, you know, a dog fight. It can just be done in love. Well, we are relational people and we do well in community and schools are part of our community. So absolutely, I always, I'll send an email to the superintendent of the school and say, okay, great job on that last meeting. You really st- you know, h- handled things well. And not to butter her up or anything like that, I, I want to give her feedback is positive and negative. Like it's not just negative. Feedback actually is both. So people need to get both. So I, I encourage that as well. As you're building relationships, as you're you're building, you're not going to build walls. You want to build relationships. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we're coming to our fourth and articles, final step that you gave. But this one's near and dear to both of our hearts and maybe the most powerful. One of the cool quotes that is in the article that we are talking about today is when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. 
So I really do believe that sometimes you feel helpless as a parent just sending them out the door and it's like, oh, Lord, I hope everything goes okay. But man, when you're a prayer warrior for your child, there is infinite power and protection over them. And, and pray for the schools too. I mean, they, they need the hand of God there as well. So I, I just can't say that enough that this prayer is essential. It's absolutely essential. And you are involved with one of my favorite organizations. Their partners with us is Moms in Prayer. We just talked about. Tell us a little bit about that and why you think with, with that philosophy is there. Yeah, Moms in Prayer's website is momsinprayer.org. But Moms in Prayer groups meet around the world, all 50 states, once a week to pray strategically and scripturally over children in schools. And it's not difficult. We say one hour and a lot of us, especially me, Corey, at the beginning, I was like, how do you pray for an hour over your children in school? But the truth is, is the hour goes by like this. You know that we we have a prayer guide that you download off the internet and pray through. It has scriptures attached to it. So you're praying scriptures. And really it is just focusing on who God is and reorienting our mind and our prayers to see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And praying over your student, the concerns that they face, praying over their teachers, their classrooms. And really, you know, it's very rare that we're praying teachers out of schools, that God would remove them, but instead that God would open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And that is what the Heavenly Father wants for us, is to pray that all would be saved, not just our kids, but that the whole district or school system would be changed. So, you know, the natural question that we came into this with is, how do I protect my kids? Mm -hmm. And we want to say like, yes, that's a great question to ask, but also your kids are light and you can be as well in that system. What if God wants to make you the catalyst for something greater? Yeah. And we're on a, we're on a journey with our children. And what if, just what if this whole, you know, struggle with fear, which is defeating and the Bible has 365 times, it says fear not. I think that's one for every, a verse for every day. Don't you think God, God did that? I think he's clear about what he expects. Look how that sharpens us when we struggle and we fear. So our kids, this whole thing with them, when they bump up against the world, they bump up against darkness in, in our schools, when we're not with them, they're going to, it's between you and them to get a training ground for maturing them and testing their faith. And I can tell you with my kids, when they're tested, when they were tested is when it, God grew them. And so this is, look at this as an opportunity to prepare and grow their faith. So good. You know, we want our kids to graduate from high school and be ready for the world that they'll meet on the other side of those doors. And the best way to do that is to walk closely alongside them in truth. And Corey, I think today's conversation was so important. I love it that Bible to School is pro-school, pro pro-student, pro-parent, pro-Bible. It really is a reminder to me that, you know, when we, when we take this step of faith to equip our kids that we can have hope and that fear goes to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Satan wants us to be, to be um, paralyzed by fear, but that fear is addressed in John. John addresses this really well. And darkness, here's the light, and the darkness will not overcome it. And we just have to hang on to that and teach that to our children and watch it happen. It's a good word, Corey. Well, 
as we wrap up our time together, maybe we should pray for the parents and the people who work with youth that are asking that very same question. Father God, Lord, so many parents that are asking how to protect their child from the harmful cultural elements in schools. And this parent is not the only one from this article that we've got to address. And so we just pray for wisdom, wisdom in how to incrementally, step-by-step, conversation-by-conversation, Lord, guide children to your truth, um, to your word. In the beginning was the word, and, and that's you. And so the best way to go is to point our kids to you and what you have to say about life. You, you created life, so you do have the answers. But Father, when we don't know the answers, Lord, we ask that you help us to find them with our kids and that they would feel safe talking to us, Lord, and create that open communication, Lord, that intentional space where they can tell us anything and we can figure it out together with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, help us to stand up in that wet wisdom, to know when to stand up and stand behind our children, whether that is in private or in the classroom or at the, at the superintendent's office or the board meeting, Father, or that if we need to be the ones, you know, becoming, going into authority in school boards, Father, Lord, just getting involved. Lord, whatever you're calling us to do, let us do this for your children. Let us do this for your glory. And Lord, thank you for this prayer that we can pray protection and pray preparation over our children in public schools and in all schools. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you are the light of the world and the darkness will not overcome it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So are you ready to help shift the paradigm from how do we protect our kids from to how do we prepare our kids for the harmful cultural elements in the school system? I just love how Lee said, when we take the step of faith to equip our kids, we can have hope and fear moves on over to the side. We want kids to graduate from high school confident and ready for the world. And the best way to do this is to walk closely alongside them in truth. Are you feeling a bit better about having your kids in the public school system after this convo? I sure hope so. That is our goal after all. And knowing that it's helped you is super beneficial to our team as we plan for future conversations. So please give us your feedback. One great way to do this is by rating and reviewing the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Just scroll to the very bottom of our episode list and find the rate and review section. You can then tap to rate and also write a review. Thank you so much for your help in this, friends. Well, that's a wrap for today, but be sure to stop in next week to glean from a gentleman who will speak into living a life of generosity. Until then, remember that you can tell the children in your life how to shine for Jesus.